welcome Reverend Susan Chamberlain. It's a joy to work with you, pray with you tonight, and allow grace to flow through you as well as our program. Because we're really honoring the saints and the souls of the faithfully departed, and that's part of my life. Even today, I, I went to Mass early so I could get Mass in celebrating All Saints Day, and there's a special connection, and I don't know if it's within me or maybe my mentor, Ron Roth, really fostered that in me because he loved the saints, and he's always after their intercessions. So I just get the pass on that beautiful legacy, and when you read the saints or see a movie of them, which many of our students in our program do as part of cold homework, they realize the authenticity that comes in drawing close to our Lord, to our Creator. And tonight, I believe that same spirit is here, and each of you will be blessed by that. But Reverend Susan, can I ask you to open our session with prayer? Because I know I love your prayers, I love your communion with the, the Holy Spirit and the angels. Yes, I'd like to thank you, though, all of you for allowing me to be here this evening with everybody. It is a humbling experience for me in this presence because today is a day that is filled with so much grace and so much love by all the saints and by all the souls that are present and all those that have gone on before us, that they fill us with their grace in our heart. And you can feel that. You can feel the energy of it coming right through. So this is the second day of All Hallows Tide. And the first day was yesterday, and tomorrow will be All Souls Day. So in that presence, we honor all of those souls and all of the saints. So as we now just take a moment to take a breath in, filling your sacred vessel with the living breath of God. As we bow down our heads for prayer in honor of the Holy Father, in honor of the Holy Mother, in honor of the Holy Son, let us breathe in full and deep. Let us center ourselves as a divine portal of love and light. Let us breathe in deep and full and give thanks to God, our eternal Holy Father, as we relax in our mind, in our body, and in our spirit. For dear God, we ask with a most humble heart to be kept holy in our ways, May we seek holy refuge under your sacred heart and the immaculate heart of the Blessed Virgin. May we strive in our days here to be your most humblest of servants. May your holy whispers continue to tap our souls and fill our hearts with divine faith, hope, trust, and love. For in these times, Holy Father, it is only your will that we could follow. As you steer us away from the evil snares of the unfaithful, guide us, Holy Father, into the richness of your love, compassion, peace, and joy. Sanctify us in your salvation and glory. Take hold of our conscience and consciousness, our divine compass, and lead us to the graces of heaven. Help us in prayer as we surrender our souls into you. Let us remember our holiness. Let us remember you, God, are deeply embedded in our hearts and souls. Let us live in faith and trust. Amen. Amen. What an invocation. That's such a beautiful prayer to set a tone for this evening. If you've never 
heard of Reverend Susan Chamberlain. Maybe this is her first time. She's been with our ministry so many years. I know it's over 10, maybe it's 15 years. She's a seer. She can see spirits. She can see your saints. She can know orbs, colors. That's not my gift, but it's one of her gifts. But her love for the saints, her love for the angels are on high alert, so to speak. It's one of the things that she's very close to. And it's always an honor to have her with us during these feast days because we get to experience her experience with those angels, those saints. And I know, Susan, you have story after story, but uh, even with your sister who passed in 9-11, where you got to see her, the angels coming and lift her up. I mean, that's an incredible story, to say the least. It was an incredible story, but it was an incredible vision and sight. And that day that happened, that was actually the next day from 9-11. I mean, I saw her that afternoon on that day of 9-11, about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I tapped into her. And I know when you're close to somebody and you're emotionally involved, it's very difficult to tap into somebody. But I was able to see her, and only because spirit allowed that, that you cannot divinely will that. Right, right. And I think like all of us, especially those who have passed on before us, we want to hear from them. We want to, but that emotional attachment kind of blocks that arena to actually happen. And I had that even with Ron. When Ron passed away, it was probably a, at least a year before I could connect with him. And everybody says, well, I've seen Ron or I've, Ron talked to me or he was in their dreams. And I go, that's impossible because he'd come to me first before anybody else. But my little judgmental, <laughs> my pain... It, I was it's not only that, Padre, because you were so What's close that? to him, the emotions are so yeah. high, it is much more exactly. difficult to get transmission than from yeah. somebody freely trying to tap in. I agree. Now I understand that, but in that process, it was very difficult for me. Again, the whole thing about changing shifting. When we're in pain, we let the pain ride itself out, but we really have to tap in. But you have a natural ability to do that, whereas I was just seeking something outside myself to make it happen, and it didn't. So tell me a little bit about your own experiences with the saints, my friend. Well, they are constantly present. And I'll tell you, if you think of one, they're obviously right next to you. If you feel a cool Mm. presence running through your body, just like a chill, know it's that. The veil is so thin now that everyone has the ability to tap into them now. Everybody. They're not so far away anymore. And literally, if you feel one and you think about it or you're thinking about them. I used to watch Ron. As you know, I was at many, many of the CLM events with Ron. Right. And often, before he would speak... I would see those saints come in. Mm. And then as he would say their name, I would see them walk right through the middle of him. And his expression would change, and he would almost take on their persona. And then we would get the gift and the joy of that saint being present through Ron. Which always filled up the audience with humor. Because Ron was (laughs) very smart but very funny. He had a lot of humor. (laughs) And the saints would be right along with him. I knew when he acted like childlike, it was St. Therese of Lisieux. But I would see Mm. her first, and then I would see Ron take on her persona, and then he would become very 
childlike joking and kidding more than normal and more than usual because that's their persona and he had the ability to take that on. And all those present got to witness that. I I was a witness to that also. You're making a good point and what I think I want to let the listeners know, Susan and I have been planning this, been on the schedule for about a year, but yet we've been talking about it lately. And even today, my spirit, my persona, everything was excited about tonight. And I think what you tapped into is like they're here because they're around us. We're going to be talking about them. So why wouldn't I get excited? And I believe those who are on this call have the same experience. Already the Holy Spirit is positioning all of us to open up to the more, to listen to the saints, the sages, and even those I call holy people. Today is All Saints Day. Tomorrow is All Souls Day. But the saints, we usually concentrate on the, the like St. Therese, St. Teresa of Avila, Padre Pio. The list goes on and on that we have our favorite. But would you consider also the holy people, like I think it's St. John Paul II said, that remember, the, let's say your mentors, the priests, the sisters, the rabbis, the yogis, those who have taught us before were what we would maybe classify as holy people. Or maybe it was your praying grandmother or your mother that personified, I call it holiness, and you could even include yourself in that. And I know sometimes we feel like, well, I can't do that, but this is what God sees. So today we're really honoring all people who strive to make their lives holy as we serve a holy God. I was reading an article on Bishop of of Villa, and a question was asked is, what message do you think St. Therese would leave us if she was alive today? And and I like this reply. He says, well, one thing, he goes, she lives today because she lives in the monastery. She lives in the sisters. She lives in her writings. She lives today with the presence of the communion of saints. And I love that. Just like our loved ones, they're present with us. Whether it's a picture of them, whether it's a statue of them, whether it's a special object that maybe they gave you, or like St. Therese, of Lazo would give roses for answered prayers. So there are many ways that we can tap into this beautiful expression of their love. And to me, each of those saints, and I'm sure you have many stories of that for yourself, Susan, that they're there to help us show us what God is all about, what our Creator is all about. And it's in that place that I could just talk day in and day out on the saints because they're my spiritual family. Who's one of your favorite saints besides St. Therese? Well, I'll tell you, Padre, they make us all become holy because they have struggles that the regular person has because they were regular people, but they strived for holiness. They strived for God, and they got there. We're all on the same path. Some of us work harder at it. Some of us work less hard at it, but we are still (laughs) all on the same path. So we all have that chance to be sanctified and to be holy. I mean, St. Padre Pio often... I mean, as soon as you think of them, like the CLM students, they're studying the saints. When you study them, they live with you. Whether you realize that or not, they're in your conscious level. They are present with you. And when you go on to the next saint that you're studying, that saint stays with you. They stay with you. Mm -hmm. There's no time or space. There's no room like, oh, I'm in my room. You can't come in. It's not like that. They're (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) Yes. Sometimes we like to wipe them out. (laughs) Well, and St. Padre Pio, just like he said, you are all my spiritual children. 
and I will be with you yeah. until you cross over. Yeah, yeah. They don't let and you that's go. that's the problem. Yeah. Just like St. Teresa said about answered prayer, she will give a rose from heaven. It's just like they want to make that physical connection with us. And I think what's stirring in our hearts tonight, maybe not their favorite saint, maybe it's someone new that you would mention or I will mention tonight that will stir up or make us aware of actually a new saint that would bring us to another understanding of what heaven's about. I know in the educational program with our students, when we usually do our annual retreat at St. Church Shrine in Darien, Illinois, Virginia was always very good at the last couple of years of, I don't say playing a game, it really becomes a, a devotional time for our community where throughout the year she listens to which saint that wants to show up in a student's life. So we kind of put all these saints into, a let's say, a box, and then we pick one. It's just amazing how whether the student has already experience their presence around them or took them to the next dimension the next six months really helped change their lives or helped pray through a problem they had. So the awareness of angels and saints are so important because they want to help us grow in that understanding of Christ. This is very true, and they're very present. So when Virginia is doing that, those saints are speaking to her, and they're speaking to the Uh, students at the same time. Mm. There's many, many, many points of communion and conversation, mostly telepathic. It is all present, and no one accidentally gets a saint that doesn't belong in their world. Yeah, I agree. They're on time and they're on purpose. (laughs) Chop, chop, right? That idea of they're there to serve us. So when you're in your prayer closet, when you're in communion, and it may be in a deeper way because I think you're a morning person who just loves to welcome heaven, welcome the saints. So if you're that intuitive, are all of them there or do they specifically one at a time show up and says, well, Susan, today I want you to do this or I want you to forgive that. What is kind of your MO, let's put it that way, and how you pray? Well, I find them all to be present, but just say it's a certain, because every day, there's a saint of the day. And yeah. every day that presence of that saint will stick out more than the others. And they mm. will guide you through the day. There will be little hints, little prayers, little notes, little sightings, a vision of the sun. Something will happen to alert you to the presence of that particular saint. But they are always present because they don't leave your side. They're not going anywhere. We're the ones in the physical limited space. They're in eternal space, so they can move about and be everywhere and anywhere in the blink of an eye. Mm. They can go before us and be around us because they're in the spirit, so to speak. At all times. At all times. I think the awareness of the presence of saints, and to me, Padre Pio shows up an awful lot, and also St. Therese. And then I'll probably extend it beyond all those individually, but corporately to the cloud of witnesses. The scripture says there's a cloud of witnesses. So in your estimation, who is that or what grouping is that in your world? Those cloud of witnesses are the ones that you gravitate to during your prayer time. 
those particular okay. saints, I mean, there's a ton of saints around everybody, but the ones that you go to, like it may be St. Bernadette, it may be St. Rose of Lima, it may be St. Francis of Assisi, it may be St. Gregory, whoever it is that's gravitating around you, they're there for your life, they're there for a reason, they're going to assist you because they've been through the struggle that you're going through now. They're there to assist mm. you. They have the presence and the knowingness. They will guide your soul if you let them. Yeah, and it is about that surrendering point. And I know sometimes when we're in trauma, when we're in agony, when we're in a fearful place, like the pandemic that most of us have went through, it seems like our the limitation of our connection was sometimes disconnected because of our worries or the fears. But coming out of that now, I really sense in my own spirit a more direct connection now greater than what I had before, but I had to go through this Absolutely. law, so to speak, of an appreciation for what I did have and knowing it's always within me. Yes, when you surrender yeah. in those moments, the veil thins even more. Mm. So how would you define that by surrender? When you let go and let God, you take your will out of it and put his will in it. Once you substitute yourself in any place, you have already misdirected the mark of God. When you back mm. your will up and surrender to the presence of the divine, your truth in your soul, that's the more direct God connection, and that's going to get you somewhere every single time. The ego does nothing but get you in trouble. <laughs> now, doesn't it? <laughs> I won't admit <laughs> to so. that, but I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Now, I think you told me a story about something that was recent for you about moving some, not icons, can't think of the right word. Yes, family heirlooms. Yes, yes. Can and that was an experience. Very close Yeah. Oh, that was very recent. I mean, that was like a month and a half ago. And I literally okay. had to surrender to everything because now this company had the family heirlooms. And I was like, I have no way of touching that, getting to it. I had no access. I literally had to let that go because I was trying to control where it was going, how it was getting there, what time it was going to get there. And they told me a certain date and time, and it didn't happen. So that made me aye, even aye, aye. go into another level of perception. And then I was like, yeah. you know what? I have to back up. I had to back up. I was like, I'm interjecting where God is, and I have to let the angels, the saints, and God like take care of what is happening there. So once you did, well, once I did that, then I was able to pray differently, and then I had that vision, and I had another one since then of more people to pray for, but they're specific people. They're not just random people. They're very specific. So I'm not to pray for anything but these souls for peace and love, for truth and integrity. I was trying to pray for my things that they would be okay or the heirlooms that nothing would be broken, everything would be okay, and they would arrive on time. Once I let wow. that go, a stillness came in and then a presence, and then the angel appeared and was telling me how to pray and never to pray for anything but to pray for their souls. When I got the second right. vision, I knew to do the same, but each day I take out time of my day to pray for all the souls that they specifically tell me to pray for. Mm. Now, in this case, was it the, the moving people that 
we're supposed to do it in a couple of days and that got extended days and days further. So instead of trying to say, bring back my heirlooms, God, the Holy Spirit reminded you, pray for their souls, correct? Absolutely. It was almost 30 days. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, that's that why on day 22, <laughs> that's why wow. on, on day 22, I was literally going, you know, you surrender. You have to surrender yeah. to that. I let it go after 10 days. I had to let that go. But on day 22, already further into the journey, is when I got that vision. Wow. Wow. That's profound, Susan. That's a profound principle. Because, again, we always kind of say, it's this. It's on the outside. And God says, no, it's always on the inside. Pray for souls. Then seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added. But we seem to seek, I want this. Make sure whatever any individual here on the call is, maybe they're going to be moving and maybe they're having a moving company going to help them or they're going to drive doing it. But the anxiety of all the obstacles that could happen brings us fear. Maybe this would be a great time for you to pray specifically for our attachments because this is what you're talking about is, you know, an heirloom is you don't want to lose it. You want to break it. It's a treasure for you. But then when you leave it into someone else's hands, maybe it's even like your loved ones, like a, your child is going to get married or move away. And it's like, but, 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 that fear that comes up. Would you offer a prayer for all those on the call tonight that just allow the Holy Spirit and the angels and saints to lead you on that prayer for our community? Absolutely, Padre. So let us just take a breath in and feel the presence of the divine and bring our loved ones and the things that we cherish most close to our heart and feel them and know that certain things are part of the earth plane and certain things are part of the spiritual plane. So in our grace, in the Holy Spirit and the love of our journey, may we know the difference between what is staying and what is eternal what has no bearing on our life and cannot change our soul. But the eternity of who we are can expand and grow our soul in divine love, light, peace, and joy. So let's just feel our grace, feel surrounding the outside of yourself, white light that will cut the cords to any people, places, and things that no longer serve us, allow those cords to be cut. Allow yourself to be present and know that those things will not make or break you. You are a divine soul created by God that walks in truth, love, and faith. As you follow and honor your journey, May you bring your divinity to every situation. Know the truth of it. For as you do, all of the illusions will fall away. In God's grace and glory, may we be honored and blessed by all that is. Amen. Amen. I really felt that prayer within me. You really tapped into a core belief I think we all have. We trust God, but then we also have to put that into practice. And to me, that's one of the words that comes to my mind is maturity. 
Susan, you've been walking this earth many years now and, and having a spiritual practice. Like all of us, we kind of go after a certain criteria of what we think we want to become. And in that process, we get broken and broken and broken <laughs> until that pure love, that pure essence of spirit shows up. One of my saints that I really love, my confirmation name was St. Benedict. And so he's been a big part of my life besides now our community. And one of his sayings, he talked about maturity. And he talked about maturity comes only by confronting what has, has to be confronted within ourselves. This is where the vow relates and illuminates each other. And it goes on to say, is, I have to stand still with the real issues that I have to face. Obedience compels me to interact with my own life that submits to Christ himself, even though it may lead to suffering or to death. Now, those are big, like say, put on the big pants, so to speak. He's really talking about maturity of standing still and facing our, whether it's our desires, whether it's our dysfunction, whether it's our anger. He just says, stand firm and know, I am God. So we're being faced, because even Jesus walked this earth, so he understands our own emotions because he's had them himself. And if we can stand firm in Christ, see what's necessary, just as you were seeing the, the company that was driving your heirlooms around. They didn't explain why they were lost or how come it took so long, but just the essence of once we take our mind off of what we want and allow the Holy Spirit put our minds back on the soul of the person, now we can communicate in the spirit. Otherwise, it's just our flesh. And so maturity plays a huge role in our lives. And so what I would ask our, those listening in tonight is, when do we draw on our spiritual truths that we've once learned, but then we have a new challenge and we say, well, we can always say we can take a break. But in the spiritual realm, you don't. We're, I don't say force. We're asked to tap into that, which is called grace, which is called spirit, just as the saints did. And Padre Pio is a prime example of surrendering more, his journey. Our students are this year, we're having a whole series on Padre Pio on one of his books. And just to understand his own suffering, his own surrendering to his community called the church, his authority figures. And if that was me, I would probably be rebellious. And then maybe the Holy Spirit would get a hold of me. But Padre Pio showed such a grace through all of that. Even though he was suffering in the process, he still submitted. And can we say that maybe with our problems we have today? Can we surrender to maybe someone owes us money? Maybe there's an argument saying, well, I was wrong, even though you weren't. Just surrender that and allow the grace, the spirit to go before us, like the saints did in the past, like we are today. And it's tapping into that flow of the spirit that we can actually change the course of our lives. But that's really a, a template and I know, Susan, you've learned so much in your own walk with God and the angels and the saints that trusting God, trusting the Spirit, and just trusting what you see and your visions that you have. Sometimes I'm sure, I'm sure you write them down, but it's like, are they scary? Are they? Tell me a little bit about what you quote see, and then maybe experience them in your own flesh of the challenge that maybe they're asking you to do. Well, to me, Padre, they are very profound because everything just seems to stop and then there's a presence and they're very present, but you are very present with them. It's not, and it almost feels like 
you've left a dimension, you're very present in their space, and then you end up coming back down here where the energy is very heavy and it's dense. And so much before Mm. what you said about St. Benedict, we are in that time where we had to be locked down and locked in to actually force ourselves to look at ourselves, our spirit, our soul, what is our goal, how are we going to come out of this, and are we going to go out changed different from the way we went in? Because it was a spiritual time of all of 2020 where you were actually facing yourself and thinking about your ethics and your morals and what is your soul going to do and when and how will you mature in spirit to understand that you have to have faith in God to move forward anywhere in life. Mm -hmm. I commend you on that because what you just said about 2020 in 21, we really, it was an essence of, I always say one of my favorite terms is God's going to put you on pause, meaning stand still or sit in that corner and just think about what's happening. You know, I think all of us, whether we believe it or not, we all have that encounter and maybe for a longevity of time, you know, a year, year and a half, maybe two. And some of us got stuck in the fear. Some of us got stuck in, oh my God, this is my life and how do I get out of it? Or I just want it to pass. Well, I probably said that many times in my own conversations. But what I realized was God was asking me to go deeper. God was asking me to what what is stinking within me in a sense of the binding, my beliefs, all those things that were challenged. And I have to say it wasn't easy. I wanted to run from or I just wanted to get out of instead of being okay in your body, being okay in my spirit. And I would say... Maybe three months ago, I got this breakthrough. And I always say there was this atmosphere, and you can call it the pandemic, but there was an atmosphere of heaviness. And I really never, I, maybe I experienced that in maybe services, people, situations, but never a longevity of time. And here it was in my home, like, oh, my God, which call it the pandemic, but I could feel that atmosphere. And until I broke through that, now I feel like I have life again. But I think the only way I got the breakthrough was surrendering my life again, confession, being truthful of of what my fears are, and allowing God's grace to, I call it, let them pass through the light and cleanse me. So I'm not as burdened as I was before. So what was your experience in this pandemic, if I can ask? Well, part of that whole process is also about self-love of the soul. Are you going to love yourself enough to see yourself in the darkest of your points of night? And would you love yourself out of that to bring yourself back to the sanctity that God created you at? Yeah. And that can be challenging for those who are often in the dark and refuse to look at themselves and refuse to say, well, I'm just going to be right and that's going to be the end of it. Instead of bowing down, being humble, taking the high road and saying, you know what, I better look at my conscious level and my ego, and my goal, and where is my soul, and what am I doing with that? That's very well said. You talk about the the term humility, or being humble. I can say early on in my life, I think we're all conditioned in our family to be humble. Don't do this, don't do that, and if you were a good kid, you just obeyed that, and and that became part of my MO in my world, but yet, then I also, as I grew up, I kind of used that and not facing issues that I've had or fears that I had. 
and just say, well, I won't talk about it, so it'll go away. And it's like, no, 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 no. I like what St. Teresa of Avila said about humility. It says, humility does not require us to think badly of ourselves or deny our God-given talents. Today, Therese reflects on what might might call get real virtues. The humble has the power to see themselves clearly and to recognize their dependence on God. Only as Jesus of Teresa would say, I know that you can do and what I can do, and I'll do what you want to do. And it's, again, that total surrender into God show me, our love for the divine that says, lead me, your will be done, not mine. And we can repeat that a thousand times, but unless we allow the heart to capture that and lead us to that place, because a lot of times when that is being asked, that invitation, it is about surrendering our stuff. It is about surrendering our family, our workplace. It's about surrendering to what God wants today and to lead into that in your daily practice, your devotion. We have doctor's appointments and dentist appointments and friend's appointments. We have our calendar filled with appointments. Do you have an appointment with God every day? Think very about true, that. Padre. Every, every day. Every day. Mine is kind of rote because... I start out with an hour and a half of God every day. And hopefully it expands on rainy days. I can do a little more, and then especially at night. But it becomes not only a habit, but it's a relationship. And we can ask you to do it, but if you're now wanting to do that, that tells me where your heart is at. And that's where the love of the Creator. And to me, the more I seek into that presence, I get these, quote, encounters with the saints that I just love to hang out with them because there's new revelations. And I am sure in your world, that's an everyday fact for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I cannot start my day without prayer. I've been praying since probably the age of two. I came in like that. And you know what's funny? My mother was not Catholic. Not that religion matters, but my mother was Protestant. (laughs) She wasn't Catholic at all. No kidding. Absolutely. She did not even understand the saints, the angels, anything that we did. She didn't understand that, but she knew the Bible inside and out because she did go to Sunday school, and they know the Bible inside and out. The Protestants do that every single Sunday. But the Catholics are different, and she didn't understand anything of our religion at all, and she never converted. But they did get married in both a Catholic church and a Protestant church because my mother wanted to honor both sides and both religions. And the Catholic church, of course, said, we'll marry you if you raise your children Catholic. So my mother's oh, yeah. whole family is Protestant. And my father's whole family is Catholic. Wow. Wow. And we're in the middle. Yeah, I remember, I remember that being a condition. I don't know if it still is, but it, I remember that being a tradition in the Catholic faith. Wow. I didn't know that piece about you, my friend. Yeah, so my mother had could not help me with anything that I knew from my soul to pray at the age of two and to continue to do prayer. And I stayed in religion far past where anyone else would go, almost into a sure. convent. Wow. And when I wow. was five years old, I did want to be a nun. Amazing, amazing. Look, you are living that, being in the world but not of it. I really believe that's one of those charisms that 
early on if you just follow the, the wave, so to speak. My intention, I admired priests. And I think every now and then, I, well, my parents wanted me to become a priest, of course, because they wanted a priest in the family since they had a sister, my sister, who's a Franciscan nun. So they wanted that bookmarks in the family as a little, look at what we produced. But it didn't happen, but look what it did today. I'm a priest, I'm a bishop, I'm an archbishop, I'm celebrating life. So I believe the Holy Spirit sets us up for that and gives us a taste of what is. But it, it's not necessarily all the titles, it's the relationship is what God really calls you, called me, call all of us too. And how that gets expressed in those many dimensions of spirit and many different religions because the bottom line with all religions, the core is love. The core is forgiveness. And if we can tap in just to the core, we should be able to love one another as I have loved you, the great commandment. It's just been an amazing time. Do you have any, whether it's quotes or scripture quotes that kind of came to your mind in preparation for it tonight, or just the sayings of the saints, because there's just so many. There are just so many, Padre. I mean, you could... Any given time and space, I mean, bless us, for we are all in the grace and the, the trust of God. We are oh. all here walking the same path, as you spoke before about being humble. When you learn to love others, to love yourself, and to love God, being humble becomes very easy. Because you can follow that way. You're totally always in surrender because you're filled with love. So it doesn't matter what looks like anything, it's just filled with love. And this is where we're going with almost the entire planet. Even though it looks so chaotic, but the divine paradox is we are going into divine love and we must feel the essence of what is happening in the dark night of the planet. Letting that energy go because it's old and done and allowing our spirit to live in its divine nature with truth as its leader for the soul has very different requirements than the ego. And the soul knows yeah. God. Mm-hmm. The soul is what is present. The soul is what is leading many people back into the faith, back into trusting, back into knowing their divinity. This is where we're going. Again, the chaos is divine order. It is divine paradox. We are moving in the direction of divine love. Yeah, and sometimes we have to fight our way through that, and I'm using that in a very mystical truth when it comes to that. I mean, if you just throw the backdrop of politics right now, it's crazy land in a sense. And, you know, with the pandemic, the who's vaccinated, who's not, there's a divisioning happening. And even for those, and don't mean to be political, but it's the debunking the police and defunding them, and it's like we need law and order. We need that. And so why would you take anything less? And to me, that's where the the evil one is really separating us, making us fight. And it's like the scripture says, love one another as I have loved you. That's the great commandment. That's the, the Shema. That's the all, all in all. But somehow, and I'll just own it for myself, sometimes I get misled. Sometimes I get caught up in that energy that I want to pick a side. And God says that I am that I am. And really, it's a, a calling. And to me, that's where I need the saints, the sages, the gurus to help me, my mentors, to point the way, again, to remember who we are. Because we can get lost in 
everyday activity and really lose the truth of that God present, that light that you talked about that's within each one of us. And anything less than love is going to be moved away from you. It's what's happening in the field. It's just part of the everyday life. Anything less than love is going to be removed away from you. The field is filled with benevolent energy. That's divine God, divine grace, divine light. All of that is what is surrounding us. So the illusions are going to start to disappear. Anything that is a lie is going to start to disappear. Anything less than love will be removed from your field. Mm. Wow. Everything is being revealed. If darkness is hidden, it's going to be revealed into the light. And to me, this is what our choices have been here in the United States or the world. It seems like it's falling apart, and rightly so, because actually the the truth of that is we're above that, in a sense, because we're living in a body but in the spirit. And to me, that's where the saints, you know, like St. Ignatius of Loyola, his story of his wild ways, <laughs> but also then when his heart turned towards God, then he became a warrior for God. St. Teresa of Avila, St. Teresa of Lisieux, Padre Pio, Ron Roth, you name it, there have been so many who've gone before us, and I'm reflecting now on a thought that you presented. The thing about humility, if we would really, I won't say own it, I don't want to be judgmental here, but the the quality of we can put on Christ. And I remember a season in my life that had like one disappointment after another. And it's just like, can't anything go right? And, and I'll just use an example of, of a person who would be confronting me is, you got to do this. And it's like, well, I don't really have to, but I will. Or you did this wrong, you have to redo it. And it's like, it's so hard for me, especially but when it came to writing. I remember doing some of the reports for Ron, and back then we didn't have computers. We just had typewriters. And you know all the whiteouts I used to try to correct this? And then it wasn't good enough because it had so many blotches in it. So I had to retype it all. It's like it was so grueling for me. But the idea in my world now, I look back on that, it was positioning. Can I surrender? Can I love my boss? Can I love whoever told me you have to do it over? It's in that surrendering point where spirit comes alive and can actually carry us to that next place. But we have to submit. We have to be humble. And eventually we become mature enough that we say yes quicker and then allow the the spirit to actually do the work instead of me toiling, trying to do it on my own. But it's it's a work in progress, don't you think? Well, yes, and I also know that God always says, I want you to love one another as I love you. Yeah. When you can live at that level of everything is love, your eyes will shift, your spirit will shift, your body will shift, everything will shift back into the divine light and love that you are. Mm. Love one another as I love you. Yeah, yeah. I know many people are still either looking for a job, maybe they got let go of a job, or maybe even now to this day, well, they're not vaccinated, so they're asked to quit. This surrendering point, and that's not easy if you're a provider or just want to have a life. When you're put in that position and you don't think it's fair, can we draw a line? Can we find peace that passes all understanding? Ultimately, that's the goal here. 
And I've always said when I struggle with certain situations or people or organizations or political, whatever it might be, I still have to find the peace in me. And once I find the peace, then I can see it for what it's worth. And it's just to God. God created all of us. And in a moment, he can change the world in one millimoment. So I need to go to the source, the creator, instead of my own creation of good and evil. With that, I think we're going to move into the prayer time, and then also we're going to end with our communion. Or maybe we'll do communion first, and then we'll end with prayers for everyone. Both Susan and I added this element because tomorrow is All Souls Day. And, and in Catholic tradition, doesn't have to be your tradition, but in Catholic tradition, Jesus said, the saint says, to offer communion, Mass, for the holy souls. And so you have family members that have passed on. I have family members passed on. And to me, it's to offer up love to them. And what greatest Jesus said, Yeshua says, do this in memory of me. We are in remembrance of Christ who died, but we're also in remembrance of those who have passed on. And at this time, if you just want to recollect, maybe you have a picture of them. If you want to grab your elements of the bread, the crackers, the water, the wine, whatever you're choosing to serve tonight, as we both break bread together. It's becoming in communion with all the saints. So we're breaking bread with our spiritual family right now. And they're just celebrating because the more we offer prayers for them, the brighter they get in the spirit. So with, with that, Susan, can I ask you to do the first element, which I believe is the bread? Absolutely, Padre. So graciously and lovingly, we bless and sanctify this holy bread for all who partake of this bread, whether it be physical or spiritual, may they be led by the holiness of heaven. May they be, by thy holy Mother, Father, God, lifted up in their spirit to holiness as all the saints have done by living in and with the grace of God. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. So as we bless this element which Susan did, you can partake of this bread. And we're partaking of the living element of Christ within us. He said, do this in my memory. So the master, our teacher, Yeshua, our rabbi, says, do this. So as we partake in this bread that is broken for us, we allow that grace, the holiness, the beauty of God, to rest in our soul. So as we pick up the element of whether it's the wine, the water that you have, we're holding this element and we'll be holding it of what our rabbi asks us to do, be in remembrance. And it first says, Jesus took this element. He looked up to heaven. He looked up to his creator, the Father, and blessed this element. So you bless that element that's in your hand. We have the power to transfigurate, bringing this water into wine. We have this power through Jesus, through Jesus' name, to heal the sick. And so when we bless this element, as you partake in this element of the wine 
and it's classified as the blood of Jesus. And with that, I mean his total essence. In the Old Testament, it was all about the shedding of the blood of animals. Because it, and like your firstborn, your most precious, you offer that up. So we are now offering ourselves up as this living sacrifice to God. And when it's transferred, when this new covenant begins, which is, begins today in the breaking of the bread, this wine, we say yes to God. And we allow his spirit to heal and restore. Maybe it's blood issues that you have. Maybe it's diabetes. Maybe it's shingles. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Whatever is disarray, when we bless these elements, we're asking for the creator of this universe individually to bless our bodies, our soul, our spirit. So in the name of Jesus, receive this grace. Receive your healing. Receive your miracle today on behalf of the cloud of witnesses. So receive that grace now. So drink the cup of healing and miracles. And with that affirmation of the goodness of God, the clarity of God, we allow words of wisdom, words of knowledge begin to flow from Susan and from myself and allow that grace now to touch your life, to change your life and bring it heaven here on earth. So Susan, I would allow you to lead us now in prayer for whatever's on your heart, what you see, just declare it in Jesus' name for the health and healing of those listening. For as we stay in this grace, focus your attention completely on God and say this prayer to yourself, the Lord is good, his loving kindness endures forever. And then hum in your heart amazing grace as we call upon the Holy Spirit, the comforter of all, to be touched by the fire and the energy of God. Let us be in this oneness. Let us experience the living presence of God. Open your heart. Open your soul. Relax your body. Let this holy fire penetrate your being. Let it remove your fear. Let us broadcast this living fire of God through every present soul here now. Let us all be attuned to the right reception, to the right antennas to receive this grace. Let us call in the truth of who we are as we cut those cords to the people, places, and things that no longer serve us. Let us fill our organs with God's holy light. Let us calibrate the biology and chemistry back to normal health, back to normal balance. Let this healing light run through our blood and our bones. Let us connect to our divine self. Let us be filled with the holy love, light, peace, and joy. And let us rest in the presence of God's grace. Mm -hmm. We sanctify the holy light. Amen. Amen. There's definitely a holy fire taking place in your words, in your description, Susan. The power of God's love just penetrates. And I just follow through with that healing element. Come, Holy Spirit. May your consuming fire begin to burn now 
anything that has been an obstacle for your complete health and healing, digestive tract, any blockage there in the name of Jesus, I command it clear, healthy, and whole. The bowels, people who have bowel trouble, in the name of Jesus, I command the cleansing and the renewing of these bowels right now. Just transform them, renew them, restore them in Jesus' name. I just sense also the the power of God's love that for broken relationships, that there's been a tendency of fighting among family members. So I just break that curse in the name of Jesus. And I command these evil spirits to leave right now and in its place. Let the the love of God, the mercy of God, the tenderness of God begin to expand and grow. I thank you, O Lord, our God, for great grace. I just feel like the, the power of the Spirit with the witness of the angels and the saints are here for you right now. And whatever your prayer request is, I don't have to call it out. God already knows that intention of your heart. You just agree with heaven right now. I'm going to follow. I'm going to pray for the holy, the souls in purgatory. I'm going to pray for my neighbors. I'm going to pray for my family. Whatever obstacles that have been, and usually it's in a human form or a human block, we're just going to pray for their souls right now. So as you maybe pray for your enemies right now, and you know them by heart, because you rehearse them in your mind. Let's pray for them right now for the, the Holy Spirit to touch their hearts. Let that consuming fire, the holiness of God, the mercies of God, begin to pour into them, into their relationships, into their families. Set them free, set them free, set them free. And also pray for those on the front lines who maybe will lose their job because of the request that is being made. And we just allow the Holy Spirit now to take them by their hands and says, trust me, I will walk with you. Our favorite saint, just insert your favorite saint, whether it's Padre Pio, St. Therese, whichever one that has beings of light, just ask now them to walk with those you know that need your help, those in the hospital, those who are going to have surgery. Lord, we just surround you with that brilliant light and just speak healing, reconciliation in all forms, And I speak the peace that passes all understanding to now deposit in you. May you become a changed person. As you sleep on this and as you wake in the morning, there's going to be a freedom, there's going to be a love, there's going to be a passion that you wake up in that miracle mindset that God has this. God has my back. God has your back. I just love the Holy Spirit for that consuming fire that begins to burn. And I just even... I speak abundance in people's lives so they can pay their bills. I just see people threatening over which bill should I pay. In the name of Jesus, let your divine abundance begin to transform their lives, offering checks in the mails or a new job, a new opportunity, a pay raise. I thank you, O Lord our God. All things are possible with this divine presence. And I just say thank you, God, for your consuming fire. Thank you, Padre Pio. Thank you, Padre Ron. Thank you, Our Lady of Medjugorje, Gabrielle. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your wonders tonight. I just really sense a a peace that passes all understanding. God is answering your prayers and my prayers. And we just pray for our, our community of Celebrating Life and all those who are listening tonight and your families. May you be blessed. May November be a holy month, a transformative month, that each of us draw near to the throne of grace and just allow 
God to pour out his mercy and kindness in your family, for your family, and your workplace, and your children and grandchildren. We just bless their holy encounters. And I, as your Padre, seal in the good work of the Holy Spirit in your life and in ours in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, Susan, I know that your prayers are so beautiful and have been transforming. And if anyone would want to get a hold of you, how did they do that? Because you're a seer, so maybe you can help them with their lives because I know you do that type of spiritual work for people. They can either go through my website or they can actually text me. Okay. Which my number, I believe, is also on my website. But if not, it is 718-791-7689. And my website is SusanGChamberlain.com. Perfect, perfect. Well, it's again, it's been a joy to uh, host you tonight. We look forward to next year. And just thank you for praying with us and sharing the beauty that you have for God and the heavenly host. And may you have a beautiful Thanksgiving. Namaste, thank you, Padre. Thank you, you as well. Be well. <laughs>